Hi, everybody. Welcome back, or welcome to another episode of Ship It and Sip It. I'm joined today by Elena Lisikova. She is the creator of Copy and Coffee, uh, my colleague here as a writer at Parallax. I'm very happy to have you on the show, Elena. How are you today? Hi, John. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for asking me to join. Right. So we've been working together on a lot of very cool things at Parallax for the last uh, sort of 10 months or so. Yeah, 10 months. And over that time, um, you have launched Copy and Coffee. So we're going to dive into that and also talk about your role as a mentor to the founders who just went through the first batch of the bootcamp and how that might expand in batch two. But first, for all of your fans and followers and your community on LinkedIn, uh, can you tell us about the dragon mascot that you've chosen for your content and for your username there? Of course, John. Uh, so the story is pretty simple. I have this stuffed animal. Here it is. Say hello to Vadim, uh, who travels a lot uh, with me around the world. And because I'm basically nomading right now, uh, I'm traveling a lot. So he's my like uh, daily companion. But in terms of his name, because uh, people are asking me why Vadim, uh, actually it comes from uh, comic books and it's a name of a person who uh, likes to joke around a lot and uh, make sarcastic comments. And because my tone of voice uh, on LinkedIn is also sarcastic tone of voice, so I decided it's going to be great to combine this dragon like inspiration and uh, my own tone of voice here. That's the story. Okay. So uh, Vadim is the sarcastic dragon that has infused uh, your work on LinkedIn. For those of uh, who are watching who might not be familiar with um, what you've done on LinkedIn since sort of the beginning of the year, you've been posting a lot more and you've grown uh, your following a lot. But I guess to start off, let's let's humanize that success a little bit. Uh, what is or has been your biggest challenge uh, writing and growing your community on LinkedIn? Well, for me, it's not a challenge to write. I always have topics, but it's a challenge to engage. Because on LinkedIn, you need to be like to engage a lot, really a lot, and do it daily. And uh, the biggest gap you can make is like three days before algorithm will punish you for not being present on LinkedIn and so like commenting like hell on all other profiles and your posts. So yeah, it was challenging for me in the beginning, but because now I have like a secret community of people who are just posting their links there and thinking me where I need to comment and like, and they do the same for me. So it's going to be easier, but still daily, it's a little bit exhausting, but I'm used to routine now. All right. Uh, so is commenting on, on posts very quickly and very regularly uh, one of your secrets to success on LinkedIn? Uh, well, yeah, because you need to do it like uh, at least half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the evening. And it's even better to do like half hour before your post time and half hour after your post. So it requires a lot of like action and you need to make these comments valuable not just like thank you for sharing and hello thank you for being here supporting me etc etc 
So it requires you to think a lot. And because I'm currently publishing at like nine in the morning, you need to uh, think a lot early and you require a lot of coffee to do it. Well, that's, uh, that's where the co uh, coffee comes into yeah. uh, copy and coffee. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what founders uh, face as they start the same journey, if they choose to do so, which all of the founders in the boot camp, it was one of the requirements that they build in public. They could use Twitter. Most of them use LinkedIn. Some of them use both. Uh, what were the most common blockers uh, that you found uh, from them as they talked with you about building this process of, of building in public? Uh, the way absolutely two blockers uh, I stumbled upon. First one was what I'm going to write about because uh, you need to be present daily or at least like uh, four times per week um, on a platform you choose. On Twitter, it's even more. And uh, people were asking like, what I'm gonna uh, publish every day. I don't have so many content ideas. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna burn out in a week or so. Uh, it was the first topic to, uh, for me to help them. And second one was probably because uh, people used to write in long sentences and big chunks of text. And for social media, it works differently. You need to be like clear and short. So I was helping uh, founders to convert the existing ideas into digestible content for social media. All right. Um, but uh, writing on LinkedIn is, is not the only type of writing that you yeah. enjoy. Uh, earlier, uh, last year when we were working together, you were doing a lot of long-form blogs for us um, and other content as well, case studies and things like that. So. Uh, given all your experience as a writer, uh, what is your favorite type of content? Is LinkedIn uh, your favorite? Uh, I'm not going to say that LinkedIn is my favorite. Uh, this is my favorite platform for the community, I think. Uh, in terms of content, I do love uh, short form copywriting, like push notifications, copywriting uh, for, vi uh, for video ads, of ads, for example, and also I love creating content for memes. You know that this, this is my passion. Uh, and at the same time, I also really enjoy creating scripts for video videos when you need to like combine your creative idea and short copywriting and uh, make the whole thing copy and video work together. I really love it. Awesome. Yeah, uh, memes uh, are, are going to be part of our mix, I think, going forward as well. And they, they've continued to be part of what you create uh, as well. If you're interested, anyone out there listening in, in Elena's uh, expertise on creating meme-based content, we do have a blog post about that that she wrote last year. It's very interesting. And we'll leave lo uh, links to that in the show notes. All right, let's dive into the boot camp uh, a little bit more. Uh, what happened there and uh, how you helped the founders. So uh, you mentioned the blocker of burning out of ideas. Uh, along with that, what, what were some key tactics that you shared with bootcamp founders in the first round? Uh, in terms of uh, founding, finding ideas, uh, first of all, I uh, 
gave them a tip to go just go on LinkedIn and see other posts on related topics, how people comment on this post and find ideas in commenting. Basically, it's easier this way and it's super fast. Just look through comments and uh, write it down and make a post of it. Also, I shared some tips like uh, go on Quora because if people are interested in something, they're asking questions on Quora and you can uh, find your ideas there. And the third one, look at competitors, of course. Look there, steal their ideas, but make uh, their ideas in your own way. So basically, uh, that's the general idea of finding ideas for your post. All right, so uh, were they very receptive to your help and did you see them sort of grow as con content creators? And I have to note here that uh, when I talked with the founders of mine, they mentioned that, you know, um, they were quite hesitant to share their idea to their professional network. They could say, oh, well, I could go to the pub and, and tell my friends about a startup idea, but telling everyone in my professional network that I've worked with, I used to work with, that's sort of a different thing than, than what you say over beers. Uh, so uh, were they receptive to your advice and did you see them progress? Yeah, uh, actually, you mentioned mine, uh, and uh, it's the easiest case to mention here because uh, I was helping uh, the founders with their landing page, and it was completely different when I first approached it. Uh, we did like two or three iterations, and uh, they asked me questions. They were receptive, but also curious how they uh, can like transform the text and copy into their own way, not my voice, because they know their target audience better and they speak differently and they're gonna present, not me, uh, all the copy uh, and the, in their social media. So yeah, they were receptive and uh, we had like three conversations before uh, we actually landed the final landing page. And yeah, it, it was a real progress because the copy became concise to the point, uh, valuable and focused on customers, not on the product is the main point here. Fantastic. So uh, the first round of the bootcamp had five founders. It sounds like you worked pretty closely with some of them, a little less closely with other ones. How do you think about scaling up what you uh, do with the founders in batch two? Well, I thought about it and uh, in order to keep paid, I think I need to come up with some templates uh, and for various type of situation because uh, for now I now know how and when founders come to me with questions so I can prepare like templates um, to answer these questions beforehand and probably it's going to be enough and for some cases when you really need to like dig into the problem it's going to be a call but um, in other cases just template or probably a guide so I need to start doing it right now, I think. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, don't spend too much of your weekend time working on it. Uh, but you do already, uh, you did already share some templates earlier. Are those still available from Copy and Coffee or is that sort of a inside community perk? Well, uh, no, they are available for everybody right now, but there is only one bunch of templates I shared and the second part, uh, part of templates, I'm not sure I'm going to share it this way in Notion too, because I was thinking about making different uh, short um, info products 
digital products uh, out of it. For example, about how to create a pitch deck. I think it's uh, going to be easier and more valuable to create another product for it. But being a part of copy and coffee ecosystem, I think, but not is the same Notion file. Okay. Well, uh, people should follow you, and I'm sure they will find out more when all of those things are ready. Right. Uh, and I'm curious, just to wrap up about the boot camp, uh, what did you learn from the experience of mentoring these founders? What I learned, first of all, that uh, you need to ask everybody a lot of questions about audience, of course, when you're writing copy, but there are some tricks, like general tricks uh, in copywriting, that uh, you can apply for each product without knowing a lot. So, for example, uh, especially for landing page and especially for tone of voice and how to write like uh, little tricks like concise, short words, benefits in, uh, instead of the, or instead of features, etc. You can apply it without knowing the target audience and uh, details about the product. So. In the beginning, you don't need to ask too much questions if uh, we are talking about quick launch here. So you need to, uh, you can help without digging too much in. That's what I learned about. All right, so let's dig into copy and coffee then now. Um, you really ramped up your posting and launched copy and coffee right around the beginning of this year. Um, so what, what inspired this, uh, sort of shift to more regular posting and building your own community around copy and coffee? Well, uh, you may not know, but I was mentoring and teaching students content, uh, marketing and content, content writing, like several years ago offline. And it was my passion. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but because of like COVID matters and uh, traveling around the globe, uh, I postponed the whole issue. And because um, Parallax started uh, this startup initiative about building public, everyone should be uh, like a founder of uh, his or her own product. I decided, well, I waited too much. I need to uh, return to something that uh, gives me passion. So that's why I created the product really fast because I had expertise in it. I just needed to translate some things to wrap up, to make uh, like the new versions because of current updates and trends, etc. And uh, that was it for the product. And in terms of posting, well, because I'm doing copywriting each day, it's easier for me to post about it each day. But right now I'm more focusing about startup founders important for startups so it's a little bit different angle that's why it's also interesting for me to pause because i am learning in the process too fantastic um in one recent article you outlined the importance of attracting both uh, target customers in one group and quote your tribe unquote in the other group so <laughs> Uh, can you break down this idea a little bit more for us? Why are both of these groups important to growing a following and growing a successful startup out of that following? Yeah, of course. First of all, uh, your clients, your audience, uh, they pretty much lurkers on social media. They don't comment much. They just watch, follow you and uh, read your content uh, for valuable tips. But when time comes and they have like special need for your services, they come and say, oh, 
hello, we are here. So uh, this is the first part, and uh, that's people you need to focus much, but uh, you need also fans or tribe uh, to proceed and go on social media. What do I mean? Uh, it's people who are commenting, who are like passionate about the same things you're passionate about, so they're going to support you and you support them in return. So it's like a small community uh, around, not around your services and around your products, uh, but around yourself. And you can build this community as a founder to support you as a founder persona, not only as a founder of the product. All right, that makes sense. Um, and so how would you describe your tribe? And is it different in any ways from what you expected when you started this? Uh, well, yeah, it, it's a little bit different. Uh, I have two parts of my tribe, I think, right now. Uh, first of all, uh, first part is like uh, uh, probably like people from content marketing and people in uh, human resources and product marketing also. Um, and that part was expected. And second part uh, uh, of my tribe is people who are coming for Vadim, actually who just uh, wanted, uh, wanted to see the dragon and my creative ideas, how I put uh, Vadim in my carousels, et cetera, et cetera. So sometimes, yeah, there is uh, there are comments like, uh, where is Vadim? How is he doing? I didn't see him like for three posts, et cetera. But it's really nice because I know that my brand is working. Right. And that actually reminds me, there's a question about Vadim that I forgot to ask from the beginning of our outline. Uh, it is quite common, and I've read it several times, that uh, content marketers and writers and creators on LinkedIn say that you should put some sort of emoji in your actual username on LinkedIn. Uh, is that a requirement? Should every founder do that? Uh, will we run out of emojis at some point? Uh, what's your take on that? Well, I think it's not a requirement, but uh, it's really nice to do a uh, thing to do because uh, when people are looking at uh, your comments, for example, especially on mobile phones, and a lot of people using LinkedIn on mobile phones, uh, they see only your tagline, your name, and this emoji. And this emoji helps them to remember you. So uh, I think if you have some distinguished uh, animal or somebody else to support you, I don't know, alien, rocket, etc., Put it there, uh, but um, for me, it's always interesting to see on various platforms on mobile and in web, uh, the emoji are always different. So Vadim changes with the platform. Right. Okay. So uh, for some founders, it works. Uh, that's good to hear. I'll start thinking about my spirit animal for LinkedIn. Maybe I'll add something in. Um, so let's go back to your sort of growth journey a little bit. So, uh, what, what tactics, uh, worked early on and what sort of, um, accelerated the process to where you are now? Were there any sort of break points that you noticed that really where things ramped up in terms of engagement or followers? Yeah. Uh, there were like two things that really boosted my, um, growth on LinkedIn, first of all, uh, introducing more carousels. I was doing only one carousel per week or uh, in the beginning, one carousel per two weeks. And now I try to use like two carousels per week because it's the most engaging content, at least for my page. 
And second one is uh, about uh, providing um, real examples, not just talking about something and uh, how to do it, but providing example from my practice. Practice when, for example, when I was working with bootcamp, I had uh, examples from various landing pages, how we rewrite uh, them with founders, etc. And I share it on LinkedIn in carousels. Uh, people were like uh, looking at real examples, how the process went on. So it was really nice. And I did the same with my LinkedIn profile. So when I changed my bio, I wrote a guide how I do it and why I did it this way with examples from my bio. And such content is really, really well performing. All right, good to hear. So let's shift a little bit and talk about what founders can do to sort of capture the same amount of enthusiasm and following for their content on LinkedIn. So um, I guess first to start out, I've always found a pretty strong difference between growing a brand's uh, account on any platform versus growing as a founder on a platform. And let's stick to LinkedIn since that's mm -hmm. the most used one we have right now. So what is different about growing a startup following on LinkedIn versus a founder following? Well, first of all, you need to start uh, building your founder persona on LinkedIn earlier, even before you launch a product or even before you start building a product, because you need to build a name for yourself. So your expertise as a founder, it's going to be easier for you to find investors, uh, the audience for your startup, etc. Uh, it's a first distinction, so start earlier. Uh, another one, it's really easier to find your community as a founder than as a, a startup. But uh, to success in it as a startup, uh, you can start with building in public. Actually, it's re it really helps. And uh, when you build in public, not only from your founder profile, but share regularly any updates like pros and cons, etc., new features coming and so on, on your company profile. All right. Uh, so. I guess the follow-up question I have was when should founders start to differentiate their brand? But I guess if founders are starting first, uh, when should uh, the founders differentiate their startup brand from their founder brand? Well, I think from the very beginning, because a uh, founder is a persona who can have multiple startups. Uh, because uh, he's just a person with the expertise and with uh, tools. And startup is a tool and a company and a brand that are uh, going to have different tone of voice, different anything just from the beginning. So as early as possible, start, uh, start to like uh, make a founder and the brand of startup should be friends, but not one organism. All right. Uh, so you mentioned earlier in our conversation how important it is from an engagement perspective to comment very frequently on people's yeah. um, posts and people's updates. So uh, does this apply to startups as well? Should we be running around from the company account uh, making comments to people? Yeah, sometimes you need to do it too. Uh, for example, um, when you start um, collecting feedback uh, from users, uh, they can 
create their own post mentioning you. If they tag you in this post, okay, as a brand, you, you just go there and uh, say something nice about them, about this post, or not so nice, not so nice, probably if uh, they're speaking about some mistakes in your product. But always reply. And uh, in terms of commenting, just commenting regularly on posts, uh, I see a lot of examples of uh, provide of startups providing value from their account in comments, not from founders' account. And if it's really interesting and inspiring, then people click on these startups and go there and find uh, the new new products for them. So it's a nice way to expand your audience. All right, we'll keep it in mind, I guess. Yeah. All right, so uh, can you give us some examples of startups who are doing a fabulous job with, uh, I guess let's stick to LinkedIn, to LinkedIn content and marketing, uh, and what can we learn or steal from them for Parallax accounts? Well, uh, I have two examples in mind uh, right now. First of all, it's uh, about AI. Of course, everything is about AI right now. Uh, this startup called Copy AI. It's all about creating content, uh, not as myself is creating uh, and me creating content, but uh, from AI perspective. Uh, but uh, their like biggest uh, differentiation from other products was they started build uh, started to build in public from the day one, and they started to do it uh, as founders and as a product. And combining these techniques together, they like uh, grow quickly on LinkedIn, like for. 30,000 followers like in a month, I think. So it was a really, really successful, huge boost. And because the ton of voice was a little bit different from all this business schedule, IE tools. Uh, so they, they were, it was uh, easy for them to stand out. And uh, the second one is more uh, known, I think. It's about, uh, now it's not a startup anymore. Uh, it's a land list. Uh, you may know it's about like uh, they work together with Tapleor. It's uh, for also content generation, for publishing on LinkedIn, etc., etc., for newsletters. Uh, they had the same tactics as uh, Copy AI had. They were building in public and sharing all the uh, the whole process and the whole journey online, and that's uh, what um, draws them like fame across uh, the LinkedIn. I think so. They're really a big brand right now, but in the beginning, it was all about building in public. Right on. Um, I guess my only question from those two and other companies I've seen do really well on LinkedIn is uh, LinkedIn, I guess the community itself is, is a lot of marketers and salespeople and content creators. Uh, so if you make a product for that audience, obviously you, you need to do very well on LinkedIn because that is your audience. Uh, but if the, there's a founder with a startup that's targeting a different group of people, not marketers, not content people, uh, do they have hopes of, of excelling on LinkedIn or should they find a different channel for their prioritizing their social uh, content? Well, I think first of all, uh, founders should go with their startups where their audience is. So, for example, if you're not, your audience is not on LinkedIn, so of course, it's not your priority. But I think uh, that for the most of the founders, you need to have presence uh, on LinkedIn. 
even if not as a startup, but as a founder, because there are a lot of investors there and it's easier to raise funds being present and have like having his presence on LinkedIn. Right on. Okay, so you've got a, a following now and you found your tribe on LinkedIn. So what is the next goal for Copy and Coffee? Well, because Copy and Coffee now consists of two products, not one. It's uh, like playbook for founders and also monthly newsletter. Uh, I'm going to focus more on monthly newsletter now because uh, it's my building public tool where I share my results each month and also I can add some interesting templates for posts, uh, some findings for personal branding on LinkedIn and startups on LinkedIn each month. Uh, and probably not each month, like twice a month in the future. Uh, so I'm going to focus on this. And at the same time, I'm going to build different products, short uh, form products. Uh, based on my findings. For example, right now I'm posting like two templates per month for LinkedIn posts in my newsletter and I can combine them later in one, uh, later in one guide with templates that can work for founders. So for example, this one is my first idea to come. Yeah. All right. And we'll give a link to that in the show notes as well. You can find it on Substack, right? Uh, yeah. what's the, the name of your newsletter? It's Alpha Copy and Copy. Fantastic. All right. We'll find the link and go follow Lena there. So uh, I asked this question to Eager, and uh, he said that he is really excited about becoming a better YouTube creator. So for you, uh, what type of content are you striving to learn or improve in the near future? Well, I set it as a goal for this year. I'm not sure it's going to be like this month or next month, but I want to go on TikTok for short-term videos, and I can also use these videos on LinkedIn. All right. Well, good luck. I believe you'll be great at it as well. Oh, yeah. I hope so. And I look forward to watching. All right. Probably on LinkedIn, but maybe on TikTok too. All right. Uh, we danced around the subject of AI a little bit earlier. Uh, so I'm curious for your take, uh, I guess let's start with what AI tools are you using now? Well, uh, first of all, it's sometimes Quillbot. Uh, it's a great tool for paraphrasing, but it's a little bit academic sometimes. So I'm just looking for, uh, to it like example and rewrite uh, this in myself. Sometimes I'm using ChatGPT to create like the structure of a post, but not to create the whole text. And uh, Grammarly for some uh, typos, but not for commas. Please don't use this, use this for punctuation, it, it's colorable, yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I think that's it. But uh, also I started to use uh, Canva a little bit with uh, its pre-built AI features to create images from text. I'm not a fan of Midjourney because you need to go to Discord and <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, my Discord is a mess, so. Right. Okay, so you're using those. Uh, to, let's have some predictions. What do you think um, all these AI tools are going to do to platforms like LinkedIn 
Is it going to be a flood of really low quality content? Is it going to be sort of an initial hype period of several months and then sort of everybody gets over the novelty of it? Or is it just going to replace us all and uh, Vadim the Dragon Bot will be replying to people for you while you sleep and just ramping up engagement that way? Well, I think uh, somebody will at least need to put prompts into ChatGPT. So it's not going to replace us all. But um, I don't think it's also about like uh, momentary hype. Uh, I think uh, the trend will continue, will stay and go. But uh, we already experiencing like and seeing a lot of not low quality content, but uh, content that looks the same. It's like sometimes you go in your feed and all the posts are similar and you can't distinguish between two different founders and two different creators. And we are facing this problem now. And I think that um, for not so good content creators, AI may be like a disaster. But for people who are like really enjoying the process, who are um, innovative and uh, who are like, uh, using uh, AI as a tool to help them and support them in their content creation process is going to be like a great addiction. All right. Well, uh, my take is uh, I'm actually quite glad that, that there's a chat function now with AI because yeah. before chat GPT came out, uh, there were a lot of AI tools for writing. So content creators were creating a lot of uh, they still are, but people were, that was sort of the only one of the few use cases for it was I can create my content and, and the AI can create it for me. And so uh, we read a lot more AI generated content at that time. But now I think we're coming to a point where uh, our readers or your tribe, as you mentioned, uh, they want to hear your voice. They want to hear Elena's, Elena's voice. They want to hear Vadim's voice. Uh, they don't want to hear the AI's voice. And if they do want to get the AI's opinion on something, they can go and chat with it, right? They don't need to see it in LinkedIn or wherever. Uh, so that's kind of my position at the moment. Yeah, I totally agree with you because um, actually starting from January, the huge trend on LinkedIn is like authenticity in everything. So uh, it speaks for, uh, for itself. It's not about uh, AI content, created content. It's about you being personal in your feed, uh, sharing some personal expertise and examples. So yeah, I'm 100% agree with you. Awesome. Well, uh, those are all the questions I have for you today. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. Uh, everyone go follow Elena on LinkedIn, uh, subscribe to Copy and Coffee, get those templates, and of course, if you need her help and you're a founder, or if you need her help and you're a founder, you can write directly to her or you can apply for the next cohort of the uh, bootcamp, which is coming up very soon. So thanks so much, Elena. Yeah, thank you. Have a nice weekend, John. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.